Hello and welcome to ClassicalPodcast.com. I'm Lou Smoley, and it's been our great pleasure to offer you our diverse programs of classical music, which include commentary, panel discussions, and interviews, all free of charge for more than five years. We are delighted with the huge response to our programs and are proud of the fact that ClassicalPodcast.com is the most listened to website of its kind in the world. If you've enjoyed our programs and would like to have them continue as a free service, please consider supporting the website by making a contribution. Donations are made through PayPal on our website homepage, classicalpodcasts.com. We encourage you to make a monthly contribution if you can. All revenues from our donations will be used to defray the expenses of the website. Classicalpodcast.com, Inc. is a nonprofit organization, and all donations are tax-deductible under applicable U.S. tax laws. We thank you for listening to our programs, hope you continue to do so, and for your generous support of ClassicalPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to Buried Treasure. This is Lou Smoley presenting part two of our exploration of the Strauss family, the famous uh, father and three sons uh, who wrote marvelous dance music that literally encompassed the entire 19th century uh, and was as familiar and as popular then as it was later. We have already featured in part one the music of Papa Strauss, Johann I, and uh, the music uh, of his oldest son, the famous Johann Strauss II, or Johann Strauss Jr., however you wish to designate them. Now we're going to hear from the younger brothers, uh, younger than Johann II, Josef Strauss, known familiarly by the family as Pepe, uh, and Edvard Strauss. Brother Joseph was only two years younger than Johann Jr., but lived a much shorter life, somewhat akin to his father. Uh, Josef was born in 1827 and died in 1870. Together with Johann Jr. Uh, and the younger Edvard, these three brothers were at various times uh, during their collective lifetimes leaders of the family orchestra, mostly popular in the 1850s. Uh, in fact, the way that Josef got into the picture was he was called upon at relatively short notice to write and conduct a work in place of his older brother, Johann Jr. Uh, this was due to the latter's illness. Joseph wrote a piece which he intended to be his as he called it in the title, the first and last piece that he was going to write. Uh, he had no intention uh, of becoming a composer of dance music at the time, uh, and, and uh, I suspect didn't want to be in competition with his older brother. But the public liked his music so much that he continued in the family tradition, both by writing as well as conducting his own music. Consequently, his repertory contains some 
283 pieces. Yosef was not merely a replica of his more famous older brother. He developed his own inimitable style. In fact, in a sense, his style was somewhat more classically oriented than Johann Jr., influenced uh, by such diverse composers as Wagner, Liszt, and Berlioz, and written sometimes in a more serious compositional style. Occasionally, you might notice uh, in some of the pieces we're going to play uh, that uh, the compositions are more substantial in form, uh, almost uh, seeming like tone poems in their own right, uh, rather than simply a string of dances. But during Yosef's lifetime, he was more famous as a conductor of dance music than was he was as a composer. Uh, his compositions were often musically adventuresome and artistically creative, more so to an extent than his older brother. Yosef uh, died, as I said, in 1870 at the young age of 43, uh, long before his older brother Johann did, who, who lived to the ripe old age in those years of, eight, of 74 and died in 1899. We're going to open with the Fantasy Builder or Fantasy Pictures wall sequence, Opus 151, written uh, during the Fasching of 1864, where all brothers, all three brothers, uh, wrote music for it. At first, uh, this waltz didn't make a big impression, but it stayed around in the repertory for some time. We're going to listen uh, to the Budapest Strauss Symphony, directed by Alfred Walter.
Many years later, uh, Josef Strauss uh, wrote a piece called the Cockatoo uh, Quadrille, Opus 276, which was uh, one of the, uh, uh, the pieces that all, or at least Johann Sr., Johann Jr., and Josef wrote based upon operas. In this case, it was an opera by Offenbach called Cockatoo, written in 1870. Although the operetta was not a big success, the quadrille took the best numbers from it and made them a hit. Again, the Budapest Strauss Symphony is directed by Alfred Walter. The Cockadoo Quadrille, Opus 276.
I promised you some polkas, and we're going to hear first a polka francaise, uh, a more delicate polka uh, in, in what was thought of in those days, forgive me, as the uh, feminine style. Uh, it's called Molinette, the Little Mill, Opus 57, uh, and uh, it, the mill wheel, uh, I guess, was thought of as a kind of impressionistic version, if you will, uh, of the dance rhythm of the polka, uh, this one written in 1858. It was a big hit when it was first performed. Uh, it's quite lively and frolicsome for a French polka. So let's listen then uh, to the Molinette, Opus 57, uh, it's performed again by the Budapest Strauss Symphony, directed by Alfred Walter.
So in contrast, let's listen to a fast polka. This is called Eislauf, the skater's polka from 1869. One knows of the skater's waltz, but that's not by a member of the Strauss family. In fact, it was written by Emil Volteufel, uh, who has written enough dance music that we could feature him alone uh, in a program. But nevertheless, this is the skater's polka, not the waltz, uh, from 1869, uh, written by Josef Strauss uh, at the Oppen Festival of that year. Uh, and it's performed now by the Budapest Strauss Symphony, directed by Alfred Walter. March music was also a part of the repertory of all the Strauss family composers. Uh, Josef uh, took over from his older brother in 1856 and wrote this march called the Avant-Garde, uh, Opus 14. So this is very early in Strauss, in Josef Strauss's career. In fact, it was written uh, when Josef took over the orchestra of the family. Uh, for his older brother, uh, Johann, uh, who left for a town near St. Petersburg. Josef had a great success, if you will, behind Johann's back uh, with it. Remember, they were competitors, even at an early stage, uh, nevertheless friends, uh, at least for a while. Uh, here again, the Slovak State Philharmonic of Kosice, which we heard in the first part of our uh, programs on uh, the Strauss family. Uh, it's conducted by Alfred Walter. <laughs> Thank you. 
I couldn't pass up an opportunity to play the next piece, a polka, a fast polka, Schnell, Opus 170, because it was dedicated to sports, the sport polka. Uh, in this case, ice skaters. I remember we had the skaters polka a moment ago, uh, but here uh, it is skating as a sport, uh, which was somewhat popular uh, in Vienna, in Germany particularly as well, uh, during the mid-19th century. Why Josef sought to write a piece based upon it, or at least uh, with its name as a title, uh, is strange, because while he was not a, a great lover of contact sports or, or any kind of, of uh, sport other than horse racing, uh, which he did enjoy, uh, he uh, apparently had an interest in, in, in this in making a polka for a sports event, and so he did it uh, in 1864, and we're going to hear it now, to, performed by the Slovak State Philharmonic, Kozice, again, Alfred Balter directing. <laughs> It's back to the walls uh, with a fascinating piece. You know, some of these titles that were given to the wall sequences uh, are, are worthwhile in themselves. This one is, was called Geheime Anziehungskräfte, or Secret Powers of Attraction. It's also called uh, the Dynamiden Waltz, Opus 173. Now, this was written in 1865 for the Industrial Ball. And it's supposed to be descriptive of supernatural forces, which were actually perceived by the dancers uh, that uh, were attending the ball when it was introduced. If you listen quite closely, 
you might discover what could be, possibly, uh, the origin of some of the dance tunes that Richard Strauss, not a, not a relation, used in the Rosenkavalier. It's performed now by the Razumovsky Symphony, directed by Alfred Escheved.
mentioned in part one that it was typical of the Strauss family to write um, dance music based upon tunes that they thought would be familiar to the audience from operetta. Uh, in this case, Offenbach, who was a case in point uh, frequently, uh, his opera Les Georgiennes, the Georgian women. Uh, in, in fact, during this operetta, the Georgian women call for rebellion against men, a topic that to some degree is uh, familiar with us even now. Uh, uh, and uh, however, in this case, uh, in the operetta, they eventually lose, but not without some hilarious merrymaking. So let's listen to the Georgian women quadrille in this case, Opus 168. Uh, again, the Razumovsky Symphony is directed by Alfred Eschwitz.
next piece uh, is a wall sequence, opus 242, called Hochzeitklänge, uh, wedding bells, wedding peals, if you will. It was premiered at the Garden Society uh, Ball on the Ringstrasse in Vienna, uh, and it's possibly the best of the works performed at that time. This is 1868. For those interested in dedications, one is not uh, surprised that it was dedicated to a member of royalty, in this case, King George V of Hanover. Again, the Razumovsky Symphony is directed by Alfred Eschwe.
Of course, the military was very active during the 19th century in Central Europe, and so it's not surprising that marches are contained in the repertory uh, of uh, the Strauss family. Uh, and in this case, one is that we're going to hear is called Schützen, or the Marksman March, Opus 250, written uh, in 1868. Um, this was a time when the uh, Habsburgs and the Prussians uh, were uh, in combat, uh, but in this case, uh, given that it's a, it was a dance in, in which this piece was performed, uh, the competition was friendly. Uh, we hear the Slovak State Philharmonic uh, Kozice, conducted by Christian Pollock. be inappropriate to uh, follow a march with a fast polka. Uh, this has the delightful title Schabernack, or Prank. Uh, it was written in 1861 and apparently sourced uh, in uh, the Maria Hilfer line in Rudolfsheim, uh, where there was always some revelers around who liked to play tricks on their fellow citizens for harmless fun. Uh, and the fun is described uh, in this delightful po fast polka. Again, the Slovak State Philharmonic of Klozice uh, is uh, conducted by Christian Pollock. <laughs> ¶¶ 
by way of contrast, we're going to now hear a polka francaise. Uh, this one, Opus 165, is called simply Fashion, which is certainly appropriate uh, to a polka francaise. The piece, written in 1864, has a gentle yet self-assured air according to current fashion. And since the title Fashion, uh, it certainly is appropriate. Uh, and the piece did stay after the premiere in the repertory. This time, Arthur Kuling conducts the Slovak State Philharmonic of Klosice. <laughs> Thank you. 
next work uh, is a wall sequence, opus 277, called Frauenwerde, The Dignity of Women. Yes, even in the 19th century, um, there is uh, not just generated by women uh, a sense that women, uh, among some men, women deserve uh, much more than they're permitted in, in those days. Uh, this piece was written uh, in Josef Strauss' last year uh, for the Law Student Ball of 1870 and is performed once again by the Slovak State Philharmonic of Kozice, directed by Arthur Kulling.
The next work was written for the Medical Association Ball of 1868 and is one of Josef Strauss's most famous pieces called Sphärenklänge, or Music of the Spheres, Opus 235. Um, it was a strange complaint that the tunes of the piece were not fitted to the subject, which I think you'll hear and you might decide to the contrary. Uh, but yet, as I said earlier in the program, Josef Strauss was known for writing wall sequences that turn out somewhat to be like tone poems, and this one in particular. Uh, we'll hear it performed by the Slovak State Philharmonic of Klosice, this time conducted by Ernst Merzendorfer.
thought after that fairly extensive piece, we'd break up uh, two large sequences of waltzes with two shorter pieces. The first uh, is Verliebte Augen, or Enamored Eyes. It's a French polka, Opus 185, and was written in 1865 to high praise. Uh, once more, we uh, have the Slovak State Philharmonic, Klozice, directed by Ernst Merzendorfer.
Here's a good contrast with the French polka, a polka schnell, opus 216, called Jakos. It's a spirited piece written in 1867. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Again, Ernst Merzendorfer conducts the Slovak State Philharmonic of Klojicet. Now we come to a more substantial piece, uh, a concert waltz, opus 39. This is fairly early, but very sophisticated for its time. It's called Perlen der Liebe, Perils of Love. Uh, and um, this was written in 1857. It is one of the pieces that he wrote at the time, fairly early on, that expands the, tra tra the traditional form of, of waltz pieces. Uh, again, more in the form of a tone poem. The influence of Wagner in the introduction is apparent, and the piece has never left the Josef Strauss repertory. Uh, we hear again the um, Slovak State Philharmonic directed by Ernst Merzendorfer.
1864, Josef Strauss, at the top of his game, as it were, uh, wrote this next piece, Dorfschalben aus Österreich, The Village Swallow from Austria. It's a wall sequence, opus 164, uh, and has a clarinet solo in it that I think uh, indicates uh, in its character the kind of naturalness, the na nature scene painting that Josef Strauss liked to engage in. Uh, there are other woodwind touches that show the connection with bird sounds in the piece. Essentially, the, the form of the dances are, are Lindler in style. And again, we listen to the Slovak State Philharmonic of Klosice, conducted by Ernst Merzendorfer.
Though written in 1869, the next piece seems, at least in the beginning, to have a kind of impressionistic character, and that's not surprising given the title, Aquarellen, or Watercolors. It's a wall sequence, Opus 258, uh, and here uh, it was developed in competition uh, between Johann Jr. and Pepe, but after Pepe's early death, it was Jr., Johann Jr., who was proclaimed the best composer in the family, and I think that reputation stayed with him. The piece itself is a dashing, gay piece, even though it begins rather darkly, uh, creating this image of watercolors. Uh, but soon uh, it turns out uh, to be as enchanting as most of the music of Josef Strauss. Uh, we hear it performed by the Slovak State Philharmonic again. This time, Carl Albert Geyer conducts. <laughs>
Next is a, a little Schnell Polka, which is Opus 221 called Winsbraut, Wind's Bride, based on uh, Goethe's Faust. Uh, and there's a quotation that uh, Josef Strauss used uh, for the piece uh, from Faust. Uh, it, here it is. How races the wind's bride through the air, with what blows she beats my neck. The mood is gay and, and uh, vivacious, and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's performed in this instance uh, by these, again, the Slovak State Philharmonic of Košice. This time, uh, Michael Dietrich conducts.
next waltz sequence, Opus 68, was written fairly early, as the opus number indicates, and it has the rather strange title, Soul und Haben, Debit and Credit, uh, something that may very well have been in the minds uh, of those who attended uh, the Spurl Ball in 1859, for which it was written, uh, and considered the best waltz written for the occasion. Uh, it begins somewhat slowly in Josef's dreamy mode, but then uh, a sudden rapid sequence uh, occurs and leads to a rather tripping and delicate waltz. Once again, Michael Dietrich takes the baton, leading the Slovak State Philharmonic of Closerture.
mentioned about um, various dance pieces written uh, with themes from operas. I thought that we'd do this because Faust by Gounod was such a popular opera, opera uh, in the mid and later 19th century, fostering so many pieces using its themes that we include, include this quadrille on Faust, Opus 112 by Josef Strauss. Those who know Faust well enough will hear many of the famous tunes from Gounod's opera. Once again, uh, we hear the Slovak State Philharmonic uh, directed by Michael Dietrich.
Josef Strauss wrote so much dance music, uh, as of course did his older brother and father, uh, that the Marco Polo label uh, put out some 25 volumes, CDs, uh, of his music. And we're very fortunate to be able uh, to present some of the pieces in this vast collection. We're going to conclude the sequence on Josef Strauss with, I think, one of the most fascinating uh, of his waltz sequences. Uh, it's called Heil Methoden, or Healing Methods, uh, Opus 189. I, I should mention that this, this term, Heil Methoden, is, is strange to some, but uh, not at all, because many people in the 19th century and, and later in Europe, and I suspect it's so today, uh, will go to a spa during the summer months usually uh, to, well, what we might use the term dry out. That's, that's really not fair. We're not talking about intoxicants. Uh, but uh, to heal uh, from the rigors of, of the regular season, whatever they be. Uh, and so healing methods were devised uh, to do that. Uh, the famous waters of the spa that had healing properties, whether used to bathe in or to drink, uh, and, uh, to wash in, and so on, were very popular. Uh, and, and so this waltz, in a way, celebrates that. Uh, but it was not written uh, for a spa in particular, but a carnival in 1866 in Vienna. It's a charming piece uh, and had, interestingly enough, and I quote from a news article, an electrifying effect on the dancers. <laughs> well, not to say whether that relates at all to healing, but be that as it may, we're going to listen to Heil Methoden, the Healing Methods Waltzer, Opus 189. Uh, it's performed by the Slovak State Philharmonic of Klozice, with, again, Michael Dittrich conducting.
now we go on to the youngest of the three brothers of Father uh, Strauss, Edward Strauss, whose dates are 1835 to 1916. He was born several years uh, after uh, both Johann Jr. and Josef, of course. There's a gap there of some eight years. Although Edvard did write dance music, as well as marches and so on, in fact, they all did, uh, he was primarily recognized as the conductor of dance music in the tradition of his father and older brothers. Yet his music bears comparison with theirs, especially his quick polkas and gallops that were in a class by themselves. At last, efforts are made to unearth Edvard's music and uh, overcome this undue negative attitude toward him. Some thought that his good looks rather than his musical abilities made him somewhat popular. But we'll hear some of the pieces from the only CD that I'm aware of that is devoted to Edvard Strauss on the Marco Polo label. We'll begin now with a piece called Mit Extra Post, or By Special Delivery. It's a Schnell polka, uh, Opus 259, and with all the pieces we're going to hear, the Czech Chamber Philharmonic of Pardubice uh, is conducted by John Giordiadis. piece called Uberfeld und Wiese, Over Field and Meadow, is again a, a Schnell polka, Opus 138 in this case. It was written for the Vienna Farmers Club meeting of 1876, and I'm sure you'll agree with me uh, as to how light and sparkling the piece is. 
Now for something more substantial, a wall sequence, Opus 75, called Feschergeister, or Merry Folk. Uh, it's a cheerful, carefree piece, written in 1871, uh, and was presented at the Folkgarten, a benefit of that year, and has been said to be a grand festivity with garden illuminations and decorations. Piece opens with a twinkle in its eye, I think. Uh, so let's listen to it now. Feschergeister by Edvard Strauss.
we're going to hear a gallop called Pest Offener Iceport. The name Pest in the title indicates that it was uh, written with Pest in mind. Of course, the city of Budapest hadn't yet been formed. I think that is true in 1873. Uh, this is, uh, uh, refers particularly to the east bank of the Danube, uh, the uh, ice sports that were held uh, under the auspices of the skating club in that city presented some festivities for which the piece was written. Now we conclude the music portion uh, of the program with the last piece we're going to hear, a polka mazur called Schneewittchen, Snow White, opus 204, based on, of course, the Grimm's fairy tale. It was written for the 1882 Carnival Review at the Musikverein. The critics especially liked the piece, uh, particularly referring to the portrayal of the Wicked Queen. Uh, as before, we again hear the Czech Chamber Philharmonic of Pardubice, conducted by John Georgiadis. 
I thought I'd make a mention of another Strauss kind of member of the extended family, uh, the son of Edvard Strauss, interestingly named Johann Strauss III. So don't get confused. This is not a son of Johann Strauss Sr., but of one of his sons, Edvard, uh, and was therefore somewhat of a remote member of the Strauss family. Uh, he served primarily as a conductor responsible for bringing the Strauss family music into the 20th century during the recording era, but I have not been able to discover a single recording of his music, which is unfortunate. But thanks to YouTube, we can hear two pieces written by Johann Strauss III, son of Edvard Strauss, uh, and they are Unter den Linden, Opus 30, a waltz that is certainly identifiable as, a, as Straussian in the Strauss family vein, and another called Schlau Schlau, a quick polka, Opus 6. So there are other pieces. Maybe we'll get to have a recording at one day of Johann Strauss III. I might also mention another Strauss, and there are many, uh, because that was a popular name in, in Vienna in the 19th century, still is, I think. Uh, Oscar Strauss, who was a famous operetta composer, wrote The Chocolate Soldier that became quite well known, but is not a member of the Johann Strauss family, at least the immediate family. Uh, I hope to be able to present one complete operetta in the Opera Box series that we have from the Strauss family. In fact, we might do one by Johann Strauss. That is, again, somewhat of a buried treasure, but it's available. And another by Oscar Strauss, uh, who deserves a mention. So until we do, this has been Loose Moly for Buried Treasure. And please don't forget to make a contribution to the website to keep it a free service. Just go to our homepage at classicalpodcasts.com where you can donate any amount through PayPal.